Coming up today on This Is True Really News, an interesting fact. Well, actually, it's an interesting series of facts. And that so should be... a factual series that you found interesting, isn't it? Yes. And interestinger and interestinger as it went along. If you like interesting, then please like, subscribe, and follow. This is True Really News. We're trying to grow the audience. And if you have you know, a comment, leave it wherever you hear us or see us. And, and if you find a story you think we'd like, or you have a, a very long, nasty gram you'd like to send us, send it to This Is True Really News. No, send it to TITR at netradio.network. There. Okay, right? No. You think anybody noticed? Nope, even Martin Luther was not noticing much. Because he was asleep? Well, he's shaking his head yes now, so I... This is True Really News with Scott Combs and Tony Vercanis. All the news you're about to hear is true. Really? As far as you know. An inert rocket of a type used to carry nuclear warheads has been found in the garage of a home of a deceased resident in Washington State, say police. Young man. I thought you found it in a yurt. Huh? In yurt. In yurt. Oh, well, that's not a structure at all. No. No, very good. It's not. Mm. Even close to being a... The garage was the structure ah, in which they found the inert rocket. You can see where I would get confused. No. Bellevue police responded Thursday to a report of a military-grade rocket in the garage of a home in the city across Lake Washington from Seattle. That would be Bellevue, I think. I don't know why they phrased it that way. They're writers. They're idiots. They want to be, there are, they make it paid by the word. Police said an Air Force museum in Dayton, Ohio, had called... Wednesday evening, he reported an offer to donate the item, which a neighbor said had been purchased at a real estate sale. Are rockets technically classified as real estate? Does anything, well, it's part of the, they're selling all the stuff from his estate. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's not really real estate. It's just an estate sale. Okay. Well, you can see where I'd get confused. No. Bomb squad members inspected the rusting object and found it was a Douglas Air II Genie, which would have been known to you and I when we were younger as the MB-1. Oh, that one. Yeah. What? The MB-1. It's an unguided air-to-air rocket designed to carry one and a half kilotons of nuclear warhead. So in order to launch it, you have to open the bottle and Genie comes out. Yes. You can see where I'd get confused. I'm beginning to. There was no warhead attached and there was no rocket fuel, hmm. essentially meaning the item was an artifact with no explosive hazard. Essentially you talk to the meaning, darts guy from the, yeah, yesterday. It basically means you have a very large paperweight. Right. That had, round such, thing. That had such potential you could have launched it on Seattle. <laughs> they would have found it a home for wayward bombs. Ooh, I like that. There's a little place in Seattle where all the wayward missiles go. and It's not really bad. It was just constructed to do bad things. They try to keep them calm so they don't go off. From interestingfacts.com. Sure, now he pauses. Where's this comedic just going right ahead thing? There's the case of James Springer and James Lewis. Two Jameses. James, too. The subject continues. They're identical twins. 
Are they? Who went their separate ways as infants through adoption. Wait, wait, wait. They're both named James. Mm-hmm. They were adopted, mm-hmm. but they are identical twins. Mm-hmm. Really? They went on to live eerily similar lives before reuniting at the age of 39. Each, year 40. each grew up <laughs> with a brother named Larry, oh. had a pet dog named Toy, went into law enforcement, and named their firstborn son James Allen with slightly different spellings. And even if you chalk some of those matches up to genetic disposition, it doesn't quite explain how each twin somehow married a woman named Linda before following with a second wife named Betty. Or how they settled on the same vacation spot at a small beach in St. Petersburg, Florida, more than a thousand miles away from where they were separately reared in Ohio. I want him to help me find my lost socks. Please. (laughs) I'm guessing when you find your lost sock, you're going to find all the container lids that are missing from your cupboard. And any guitar picks that came out of my pockets. Exactly right. Well, since this is true, really, this kind of fits. Good. 13 of the worst place names in the United States. Ooh. How about Mount Disappointment, California? Yeah, it should be state disappointment, California. Well, now, yeah. Yeah. It had such potential. (laughs) Mount Disappointment rises up from the San Gabriel Mountains near L.A. in Southern California, part of the most disappointing part. It's named because some surveyors in 1894 got a bit ahead of themselves. Mm -hmm. They saw the 5,963-foot mountain and declared it the highest in the San Gabriel Range. But then they measured it. And realized that the nearby San Gabriel Peak was slightly higher, so they named it Mount Disappointment. Of course they would. I'm not even going into this one. Let's just say it involves whiskey, male anatomy, and a mountain, and no one can actually figure out why it was named that, except that there is a whiskey, male anatomy, wildlife area. And no one knows where that got its name either. Whiskey. Richard. Whiskey. Whiskey. Richard. You can see how I'd be confused. Bug Tussle, Kentucky is number three on our list. Bug Tussle, I love Bug Tussle. It's a great name. It's a tiny, virtually non-existent place in southern Kentucky, but it's got a name. Name sounds unpleasant, but it's actually accurate. The area around the town is infested with doodlebugs. The doodlebugs? They're also known as ant lions. What is this with everything being bunny lions? Ant lions. Now I've got doodlebug lions in their larval form. Uh, early residents of the town had to actually tussle with the buzzing bugs just to be able to get a night's sleep, hence the now yucky sort of name. I liked yeah. it before that. Well, I hear a lot of entomologists live there. If bug tussle wasn't good enough for you, we've also got Roachtown, Illinois. Some call it the Windy City. Thanks for closing the door on that one. Yeah, sure. Late 1800s, when you... There was a time in the late 1800s you could have visited Roachtown today. The town's no longer there. But Roachtown Road still reminds us that it was there once. Wow, that's just wrong. How could something named Roach not last? Hmm. I mean, you might as well name it Keith Richards. It's going to be there forever. 
Number five, Big Cockroach Mound, Florida. The hill that sits on its island in Cockroach Bay, right by the Cockroach Channel. Next to the Cockroach Hotel. I'm sure. There are two options here, right? Either the names are not accurate and we need to come up with new ones. Come on. <laughs> or apparently, and this is just a thought, burn down everything within a 10-mile radius. Just mm. riot. How about center of the world, Ohio? Wow. And I thought I was the center of the world. Right. Universe, actually. Well, yeah. A lot of places around the globe claim to be the very center of the world, but we can promise you this tiny middle-of-nowhere town in Ohio is definitely not it. The name is a great example of what are we looking for? Hubris, I think, would be the right word. Hubris. Yeah. There we go. Center of the world was founded by, quoting now, the eccentric investor Randall Wilmot. I thought maybe Jules Verne had something to do with it. Who planned to turn it into a bustling center of trade and commerce. How do you do? Well, when they built Not the, so good. When they built the nearby, the railroad near Warren, which is close by, yep. the center of the world withered away. <laughs> Ooh, so close. Greasy, Oklahoma. Is it spelled like the quarterback? Nope. Oops. Well, then. <laughs> Like my favorite diner. Yes. A spoon. <laughs> it was established in the Oklahoma land rush, served as a checkpoint on the Trail of Tears, and was a Confederate base in the Civil War. It's got history. Not a very good one. But why would you name it Greasy? No, I don't want to know. Poverty, Kentucky, that seems a little on the nose. <laughs> right. I mean, or am I just thinking of Harlan County? That could be. Uh, however, in the case of Poverty, Kentucky, that's entirely intentional to have the sucky town name. Because once upon a time, a, a physician named William Short, who was tall, lived in the, I don't actually know, lived in the area and had a strong dislike for his obnoxiously snobby neighbors. Oh. And somehow, no one exactly sure how, Short got a chance to name the newly incorporated town. He named the place Poverty so that his hoity-toity neighbors would always live, live in poverty. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of sheer spite. There's Hell, Michigan. Of course. That's a town? I thought it was just the nickname for the state. No, 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 no. Huh. California East is uh, the name for Michigan. No, I thought that was New York, Massachusetts, most of the eastern seaboard. Well, there is that. Most people have probably thought at least once that they live in hell. People in, of course, Hell, Michigan do that every day. The place is actually a fairly nice little hamlet in rural Michigan. Its unfortunate name stems from Hell Creek, which flows nearby. Why would you keep that name? Who the Real hell easy. Knows? Real easy. Hmm. Come on. Ah. How about Satan's Kingdom, Massachusetts? I thought that was the whole state. <laughs> there are a couple of stories about how Satan's Kingdom got its name. One tells of a priest who, upon seeing a forest fire, after delivering a sermon about the fires of hell, declared it, Satan's Kingdom is now burning. Why would the locals name their own town after old next hellhole? That's, I don't know. The second story is probably more believable. The name stems from an abundance of venomous snakes in the area. There we go. That's probably closer. Yep. Here's something just for you. Slick Poo, Idaho. <laughs> Slickerton Poo. Yep. Now you're thinking there's going to be some really great exotic name here, aren't you? 
some marvelous, intense re No. No good As, story. I love it. This far off, even from the middle of nowhere place, is named after Josiah Slickpoo, who helped Jesuit missionaries settle in the area. I don't know how he got that name. That don't name want, is made I up. Don't, don't it's a made-up name. Don't want to know why he got that name. Slickpoo. Here you go. This is your trivia. In Nevada, there is a town, sort of, more or less, it's very new, called Calnaveri. It was settled in the 1960s by Nancy and Everett Kidwell. <laughs> is it Kidwell? So are they like laughing well or are they goat well? I'm not sure. This minuscule town <laughs> sits in Nevada right near the borders of Carolina and Arizona. So it's not exactly the most creative, but you know. Is, is that guy's first name maybe crappy? Slick Poo? No, Josiah. Well, isn't that like. Italian for crappy? By the way, if you... Italian? I kind of panicked. I was trying to say Belgique. <laughs> Italian came out. Belgique, Italian, <laughs> I can see it. Latin, Greek, it's all the same. Uh, f fun fact, by the way, the whole town of Calnavari was sold in 2016 for eight million dollars so no it's not exactly a oh okay and here you have the most depressing name in all of america it is i'm alone wisconsin i have never heard of that the town which is generous they say it's probably not big enough to be considered a town okay was founded by one snowball anderson in the early 1900s they had great names back then snowball. slick poo snowball <laughs> Now, if he had Cannonball, Adderley. Poo, that would have been weird. Is that where we get Adderall from? Uh, where was I? Was founded by one Snowball Anderson, early 1900s. He was decided he was going to build a gas station in the middle of the sticks in Wisconsin. And God knows there are sticks in Wisconsin. And you need gas stations there. You do. You don't want to get stuck. A salesman did once, once happen upon the gas station and asked Anderson for the town's name for his sales receipt. We can only imagine the town got its name from his reply, because on the sales receipt, the salesman wrote, I'm alone, Wisconsin. Now I'm curious if that gas station is still there. That would be, that That actually would really be fun to go to. Wouldn't it? I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I've been to, I've been to the, um, who was the great Chicago gangster? I've been to his hideout in Wisconsin. Bugsy Siegel. Not him. He wasn't. Al Capone. That's him. There was everybody used St. Paul as yeah. uh, but as Capone. one of their places. Yeah. And Geneva was another big one. Lake, Lake Geneva, Geneva. You bet. You bet. Yeah. So uh, from the BBC via Patrick Reed. Police were called to a 21-year-old woman's home on 3rd of January after concerns were raised about her welfare. Officers were required to remain at the property in case she returned as a safeguarding measure while a wider search was carried out. Meanwhile, the woman, a Ms. Layton, said she was alerted to movement in her home by a CCTV app and could see two policemen watching television and using her weights. Ms. Layton said she, she was found by police at about 
four o'clock in the morning, arrested for wasting police time and held in custody for 12 hours. But she said no further action was taken. You think they're there to help you, but there they are, sat doing that. It doesn't make any sense, she said. Spokesman for Police Professional Standards said it was understandable that uh, publication of the CCTV images without explanation could undermine public trust and confidence. But the force added that officers were deployed to Ms. Lawton's home to search the property and the surrounding area as per the standard response call to calls of this nature. They remained at the location primarily to safeguard the woman should she return to the home address. The officers have been spoken to and understand that whilst the television had been left on and dumbbells left out, they should have refrained from watching it or using them whilst they were deployed to the location. Eh? Instead, they could have made like a pot of tea or cooked some eggs or something. I don't know what's wrong with them. I... No donuts? This is True Really News. Send email to TITR at netradio.network.